0: Welcome to another edition of Rediscovering the Indies, an independent wrestling history podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Gullo, joined alongside my co host, Jonathan Ash. Hello there. And uh, we are doing part three in this wonderful deep dive that is the NWA title and really the NWA business uh, from 2007 to 2017. Uh, our last episode, part two, got a lot of good feedback for it, and we really dug into the Cabana here seven levels of hate which we're gonna uh address on this podcast uh, episode as well uh for a little bit but also too while uh, we we talked about bruce darp taking over and all the drama that happened with that a questionable nwa board of directors uh member at least we talked about uh, was it yum or yummy <laughs> the exotic <laughs> dancer Oh, um, no,
1: she wasn't the uh, she wasn't the new board member.
0: <laughs> no, she was she wasn't on the board, but she she she, she, she worked was, she for she one of the board the- directors. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we talked that we talked the chic. Uh, some of you now know is Joseph Samuel in uh, MLW, the leader of Contra. Uh, his whole controversy of did he not want to drop the belt, or was it just communication, or whatever it was, and that led to him having the NWA title. When the NWA didn't recognize it as well as Dale Gagner's AWA title after Dale Gagner was done running the AWA at the same time defending in Japan, so uh, lots of uh, lots of fun stuff. Go back if you haven't listened to part two and then part one where we kind of set the tone where TNA uh, you know leaves NWA, NWA tries that Phillips Arena show and and uh, they try the Colors TV deal uh, on on uh, Direct TV or Dish Network. Sorry, and uh, so. Those are great episodes, but we're going to kind of get in the meat and potatoes here. Before we start, remember, on social media, RTI Pod on Twitter, Rediscovering the Indies on Instagram and Facebook, uh, where you can, if we have any news regarding the show, we put up the uh, This Day in Independent Wrestling History, try to do it daily, I know a little bit there, I uh, wasn't able to do it daily, a uh, little crazy uh, October we've had, but uh, so lately we've had it up there daily, a little tidbit about maybe title change, and event, uh, momentous Thing that happened in independent wrestling we try to put up every day in the three social media platforms that we have uh but uh also you know anything you want to hear or talk about feel free we're we we respond pretty good uh we're pretty good with social media if you shoot a message to uh one of the pages uh social media or one of the podcast social media pages and say hey Can you guys cover this, or you had a question? This we're pretty good and pretty responsive there. Uh, Of course, always want to thank Matt Johnson at the BSCBP Radio Network. We're proud to be a member of the network as well as the Podcast Precinct Studio. We're not in the Podcast Precinct today. We're actually remote. uh, As you've had a very busy October, I've had a pretty busy, but yours has been ten times busier than mine. uh, As we're uh, kind of doing this during the week remotely instead of our usual Saturday morning recording.
1: Yeah, um, trying something different here. Uh, having some issues uh, already with it, but hopefully uh, we'll go off pretty well. Recording it uh, like three times with redundancies, so hopefully uh, no issues here.
0: Yeah, we're very honest here on uh, rediscovering the Indies. Uh, we recorded this last night, or at least an hour of it, and uh, it all got lost. <laughs> so this is this is take two here the next night, but it's a little earlier uh so well, i well, blame I it, blame zoom i'm
1: gonna yeah, blame zoom it, it, it crashed it out of nowhere fault. on a brand um, new mac mini there's no reason for it to for it to crash but it did and now we're recording in audacity and gold wave on a separate computer and you're recording off site so i think we'll be good
0: yeah we, we we should be good uh for uh for this episode but uh so, yeah, so uh, we're going to get right into it here. Uh, where we left off was the 2012, and we're going to start with the Observer. September 17, 2012, with the change in who is running the National Wrestling Alliance, two of its most high profile, if there is such a thing, promotions pulled out last week. NWA Hollywood Championship Wrestling run by Dave Marquez, who has the strongest local television at the CW affiliate in Los Angeles, pulled out and changed its name to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Gabriel Ramirez Pro Wrestling Revolution, which at best I can tell, with the exception of Mike O'Brien's Northeast Wrestling, is the best drawing indie promotion in the country. They have had shows drawing more than a thousand, including last month, one last month in Watsonville, California, usually based on bringing in stars from Mexico, also pulled out. As a part of the legal settlement in the insurance fraud case brought by Texas lawyer Bruce Tharp, a former announcer for championship wrestling from Florida in the 80s, Tharp is now president of the NWA and formed a new corporation, given control of the name and intellectual property. Bob Trobich, who was part of the group that kept the name alive after WCW pulled out of the NWA, had resigned from the president position during the course of the case. Bill Barons, who had handled much of the company's publicity, also pulled out of the new version. So... A little bit to touch here. Uh, first off, um, uh, what Gabriel Ramirez Pro Wrestling Revolution uh, still going strong. If you had a chance to check out what they're doing out there in the West Coast, uh, really, really good stuff. A lot of luchador stars, but uh, a lot of American stars as well. Uh, but Gabriel Ramirez actually, uh, at least I know he listened to the APW show and uh, had some pretty good uh, uh, feedback regarding it, and we appreciate him being a listener. Hope he's still listening to us and he hears this, but uh, they do some good things out there um, still to this day and have longevity. Speaking of longevity, NWA, uh, Hollywood Championship Wrestling, which became Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, has kind of turned into a brand. Dave Marquez, who... Uh, is the promoter of that brand. And now they have championship wrestling from Atlanta, championship wrestling from Memphis, championship wrestling from Arizona. I think there might even be a couple others or at least a couple others in the works from what De Marquez says on social media. So they got a great thing going. Uh, usually I'm like CW affiliates, which is CW is a pretty strong like cable affiliate to be on. If you can't be on the top four, it's probably the best one to be on, especially over on my network TV or when you get into the sub channels. And uh, so those are two huge losses to the NWA. Just the comment that uh, Mark, Mar- I'm sorry, the comment that Meltzer said about Northeast Wrestling. Northeast Wrestling is still doing great, still drawing awesome houses. Uh, these three promotions, not Northeast Wrestling wasn't part of the NWA, but all these three promotions still longevity in the wrestling business as being successful independent wrestling promotions.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, all three still around. Uh, Michael is still going strong. Just recently did a show uh, a few weeks ago with Will Osprey, and drew upwards of a thousand, so he's still going strong. And yeah, uh, Mark Marquez, Dave Marquez, basically took this idea of NWA Hollywood and just expanded it to creating his own uh, his own affiliate system off of that.
0: Yeah. So and and uh, check out all those three promotions. Still doing good stuff in independent wrestling. But yeah, these are you know to touch on what it means to this episode. Those are pretty big losses right off the bat. You know, you lose, you lose. De Marquez, who is, you know, he's a production uh, savant. You should say, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about or knows what he's doing at least as far as producing uh, wrestling for television. So you lose yeah, somebody a, like that.
1: He's a professional with that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Being a, a TV broadcaster with wrestling. You don't uh come across a lot of those in at our level of work.
0: Yeah, and I, and that was a, that's a huge loss. It's a huge outlet. I mean, here's a guy that probably has connections and networking to TV deals and all that. Um, he probably was a big factor in that dish TV deal. Uh he's got a lot of connections uh, you know, through the TV world. So that's a huge loss for the NWA right off the bat with Bruce Tharp being the NWA president. Um, November fifth, two 2012 observed that the NWA title, now controlled by new NWA president Bruce Tharp will be decided in an elimination match on November 2nd. Adam Pearce essentially vacated the title on October 27th. Pearce and Cole Cabana had been working on the best of seven series that was tied three ma- three matches each. My impression is that Cabana was going to win the seventh match, a cage match scheduled for October 27th in Melbourne, Australia, since Adam Pearce has talked to retiring at the end of this year. The idea was to mimic the best of seven series in the past, like Magnum T versus Nikita Koloff and Booker T versus Chris Benoit. When the change in power of the NWA, the Australian promotion, formerly NWA Warzone, is no longer part of the NWA. So the new version of the NWA apparently didn't want the belt on Cabana, so the match was made non title cabana won and pierce gave cabana the nwa title belt cabana turned it down and gave it back to pierce pierce threw it on the ground and said in the ring that he wished the nwa the best in its future endeavors the next night the nwa set out a release saying the title was vacant and wished pierce well in his future endeavors they announced the title will be decided on november 2nd in Clayton, new jersey at the high school gym for the NWA dog promotion in an eight man elimination match with chance profit, Lance Erickson, Damian Wayne, Jason Kincaid, Anthony Nice, who actually just signed with AEW, uh, Papa Don, Biggie Bags, and Lance. Anoa'i. I always on way. I always get the on the way, uh, mess up a pronunciation there. Um, who is off grandson. So, uh, and we're going to have a little more of this when we get to, uh, the figure four weekly from Alvarez, but, yeah, I mean this was probably the biggest buzz for the NWA at the time was that these guys were out having these really great gimmick matches and doing a best of seven series. And you're just like, nope, we want no, we we don't want the title on either of them. We we don't want this, you know, in Australia anymore. We just want nothing to do with it. We want to take this title, we want to bring it back to the states, and we wanna put it in you know, and nothing against NWA Dog, but compared to what they were doing in Australia, or at least the best of seven series, not as big as a draw on paper. I mean, Pearson Cabana compare, compared to those names in 2012, big difference.
1: Yeah, it just comes off as Bruce Tharp wanted his, his guys. He had a vision that he wanted to go with the NWA, and obviously Cabana was not part of that vision, and I think it should be noted too that Colt Cabana, Adam Pierce, there were Dave Marquez guys. There were championship wrestling Hollywood guys. So that might've played a factor in this as well.
0: You know, yes, but I mean, were did they want nothing to do with the NWA or did Bruce Starp want nothing to do with them? I think that's the big question because when you look on paper here, I mean, Adam Pierce was a ring of honor guy. Uh, Colt Kamana at this time was a Ring of Honor guy and a former WWE guy. Like he had the WWE run already. So these are, you know, these guys, when you're looking at who, who's free agents on the Independent, they got some of the most star power compared to who's out there and can give you a great performance show. Those former WF guys from the 80s, you know, like Virgil, but, you know, he's a star, I guess. But Virgil's not going to put on four or five star matches. Um, oh,
1: Virgil against Adam Pierce would have been great. <laughs>
0: you know but but you know uh my point is is that you know it's inheriting these two in their best of seven series you think is a great thing but they're like no we want nothing to do that we really want to start fresh to my in my opinion my you know it's just my opinion only uh i don't think that was a good decision um and it kind of kind of looks b- bad for your brand uh and we'll kind of talk about a little bit when alvarez's description on how how both of them kind of treated this decision from the NWA.
1: Yeah. I think you had this angle that was going on this, the the best of seven series is going on for pretty much 18 months. And and I I think Tharp just needed to understand, just see it through. And then if Cabana's going to win the belt, Cabana's going to win the belt and then deal with that a month later, then you could have the title change. Like it, it made sense for the story to go along to go with that um i've seen that time and time again on the indies where the locker room certain wrestlers might not agree with something that a promoter is doing that a booker is doing but you got to look at it as is it the right thing for the storyline has the storyline progressed in a way where this title change or this outcome has to happen or will it kill the territory to kill the company if you don't do it and not putting that belt on Cabana, the way that they handled it, I think, hurt the NWA more than having Cabana as champion would have.
0: Yeah, and and, and like I said, it, the stuff that comes out in the Alvarez description, which we're going to read in a moment, is pretty, you know, it, it, like I said, it's pretty kind of mind-boggling. <laughs> um November 12, 2012, we're, uh, Observer, and then we'll get to the figure four weekly, but uh, Tokyo Monster Cahagas won the NWA World Heavyweight title in a nine-way elimination match for the NWA dog promotion on November 2nd in Clayton, New Jersey at the high school gym before 220 fans. Cahagas was not even announced in the original eight-way. It came down to him pinning Damian Wayne. Others in the match were uh, Lance Onaway, Lance Erickson, Jason Kincaid, Papa Don, Chance Profit, and Biggie Biggs. Um, so Kahagas out of nowhere, <laughs> you know, in this match is the NWA champion. You know, nothing against Kahagas. I don't really know the guy, I've never worked with the guy. But when you have Adam Pierce and you have Colt Cabana, and you decide, no, we're not going to go with them, we're going to go with this guy, who's, you know, at that po- point, a pretty re- regional wrestler, I imagine. Um, so you're looking at his career. So we're in 2012 here, and this kind of want to see what he did before. Uh, Seth was trained actually by Hector Guerrero, Prince Ayakea, Tom Horn, and Tyree Pride. I didn't know Prince Ayaka trained people. <laughs> I had no idea.
1: It's on cage match. Has to be true.
0: Well, <laughs> it may not be true. <laughs> That's true. Um, Some full-impact pros, NWA affiliates, IW uh, Mid-South shows up here a couple times. Uh, But probably being NWA champion at that time was probably definitely the biggest thing he did. Uh, You know, I don't see any uh, WWE extra work. Ring of Honor in 2004, probably a Florida shot because he was doing full-impact pro. Uh, Yeah,
1: back then, if you were doing full-impact, you probably were going to get some job spots in Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, but I mean, and, and here's the thing: no, nothing against Gahagas, uh, but when you just look at the difference uh, in star power, it was definitely a huge drop off, and it's just a very interesting and questionable decision from the NWA. Uh, now we go to really the meat and potatoes of this situation, and it's in the Figure Four Weekly from Brian Alvarez. From speaking to s- close sources, I'm sorry, speaking to sources close to Adam Pearce and Cole Cabana, The situation with the NWA Heavyweight Title goes. Something like this. Several months ago, Bruce Darp was essentially awarded control of the National Wrestling Alliance following a lawsuit against the organization regarding insurance fraud. Because of the changes in the business structure of the organization and internal politics, a number of different promotions, including Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, either pulled out or were forced out of the NWA. Championship Wrestling from Hollywood was the home NWA promotion of both, of both Pierce and Cabana. They put together a two-year feud and a final best-of-seven series months before this went down and was set to culminate with Cabana, the babyface, winning the NWA title in the final bout. When the ownership situation changed, Fred Rubenstein and Chris Ronquillo, who apparently does most of the hands-on work with the new company, apparently decided they no longer wanted to work with Cabana. The NWA side claimed that Cabana wouldn't commit to dates as champion for various NWA promotions. Cabana allegedly told them he was already booked solid through early 2013 and did what any other full-timer of pro wrestling should do. He asked them for to get him dates as soon as possible. As they went back and forth, they allegedly uh, concluded that Cabana didn't value the opportunity of being NWA champion and thus not going to be their guy. This put Pearson Cabana in a weird position as they made the seven-match series with plans of a finish that now appeared was not going to be approved by the N- NWA. There was a belief that the whole issue was political in nature, and that there's a thought that the new NWA wanted nothing to do with Dave Marquez of NWA Hollywood or anyone he associated with, and they were both very close to him. In fact, it it was Marquez's TV show where the feud started on. One source said Tharp didn't like Marquez because Marquez didn't vote to have Tharp take over the brand before the lawsuit went down. Things continued to fall apart when Pierce was allegedly asked out of the blue to drop the NWA title to Damian Wayne the first week of October. Pierce was upset because the NWA reportedly knew he was booked solid as champion to a number of different promotions through the first week of November. He allegedly told them that he dropped the title provided they sent him the money to reimburse all the promoters. Who had pro- been promised Pierce's NWA champion through early November for the booking, flights, advertising costs, etc. This obviously wasn't going to happen. He was then still adamant that if Cabana didn't win the title in the final match of the Seven Levels of Hate, that the Pierce Cabana feud that had spanned eighteen months, at least two continents, plus TV in two different NWA markets, and Pierce allegedly said there was no way in the final match of the series that he, the heel, was going to beat the babyface, particularly in a cage match. He told them that Cabana was going to win, and if they didn't want the belt to switch, then they could unsanction it and take the title out of the equation. With the issue settled, the NWA tried to hammer out a date for him to drop the title to Wayne. November 9th and December 14th in Houston were proposed, but Pierce wasn't available for November and was waiting on arrangements for bookings in December. They told him to figure it out by October 27th, or he'd have to step down as champion. Since the stipulations were already that if he lost the seven levels of hate, that he'd leave the NWA, which apparently was planned all along for a way of a cooling-off period for his character since he visited a lot of NWA promotions several times over, he agreed. The Cage match was October 26 in Melbourne, Australia, and he wasn't able to get the December arrangement settled by then, so he sent the NWA a written statement stepping down. Sources indicate that the NWA was happy with the buzz around the brand after the Pierce-Cabana match and post-match in Australia. What happened was, sorry cabana won the match pierce cut a promo about the match being non-title and he was very proud of cabana as far as he was concerned colt was the champion he handed him the belt colt then cut a promo saying the nwa title was the past and he was all about paving his own do-it-yourself underground movement future the nwa he said represented the past and they didn't want and they didn't want to move forward idiots the board he said was filled with stupidity idiots who knew nothing about the future and they were people he wanted nothing to do with i beat you in the series he told pierce i played by your rules and i visited every town you booked and i saw these towns that didn't care about some stupid letters they cared about the pro wrestlers they cared about the future they cared about pro wrestler colt cabana and pro wrestler adam pierce He said he accepted that he won the title and he won the feud, but he wasn't accepting the physical belt. He handed it back to Pierce. Well, if you don't accept it, I don't accept it either, said Pierce. He said the NWA robbed Colt. They robbed all the fans. And worst of all, they robbed themselves one of the finest NWA champions who ever lived. Pierce then, as the series stipulations called for, said he was stepping down as champion and leaving the NWA. I wish you the best in your future endeavors, he said. Apparently, there is even more to the story, as Pierce and Cabana are reportedly going to put together a documentary detailing the entire feud and aftermath. Cabana, as it noted, was promised a year-long NWA title run twice. The first time it ended prematurely, when whatever happened with the Sheik, we still don't know what happened, presumably it'll be addressed in a documentary, but we don't know for certain. Uh, Then he was supposed to get a long run after the winning the title from Pierce, and the new board came in and nixed all of that. It was noted to me this week that Cabana has name recognition, the work ethic and ability and the goodwill with promoters that have been great representative as champion. And it's a shame that it all went down the way it did. So lots of, lots to dig in here. Lots of dive in. Um, first off, uh, best of seven series. Uh, there is, that documentary is out and, uh, want to thank Adam Pierce. He actually uh, stumbled upon us discussing part two on social media about this episode. And he, uh, you know, he, uh, tweeted it. And then he also brought up the documentary, which is, which is available. And it might even be available on YouTube, but, uh, check it out. Uh, seven levels of hate. If you actually just, uh, shoot it, uh, on Google, it'll tell you where to find it. Uh, really good documentary. And you kind of get to know even more of the story that we're talking about here, but anyway, so <laughs> let's first talk about the, cause there's so much to, to, to get into this, the, the, this big diatribe here. Um, Cole Cabana, right? They got mad at him because he couldn't promise dates. But how long did they wait well, to also, try to book him? You got to remember, this is probably art of wrestling, right? So this is this is promotions want to book him just because he's doing the promos on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going to be at this town and this town. <laughs>
1: like, oh, yeah. Um, But also, I, I might go the other way and say this: this the best-of-seven series was planned out pretty much 18 months in advance, they knew Colt was going to go over. Why didn't Colt have those dates opened up on his schedule knowing that it was going to go this way, knowing that he was going to be the champion and he needed to leave dates open for the NWA to book him
0: out? Yeah, but why would you leave those dates open if you knew? Okay, so yes, eight, but eighteen months ahead of time, I'm sure he's not really booking a lot of the small shots that he normally. I'm sure he's normal places. He's maybe talking about eighteen months out, but I'm sure like the the, the little spots here and there, he figures you know those come and those usually come a year out, six months out, all that. This makes me think that he what he did was he probably gave them six months notice and say, Hey, uh, you know, give me for dates. And we're talking about the title. And that six month time period was when the switchover happened. And probably it was the last thing on Tharp's mind.
1: No. Yeah. Okay. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I could, I could see that. So basically he put it out to the NWA. Hey, uh, I'm supposed to be winning this, let's get some dates set up. And if he heard nothing, he's going to take what the dates are coming going to come in because he's going to get his calendar filled up okay
0: yeah i can We know how pro wrestling is we you know it's set in there whether it's accurate or not Alvarez says that that that, uh and rubenstein didn't like cabana what could have happened here was they knew that if they waited a while and they said oh hey colt yeah we're gonna need you for these dates knowing that he would have already booked them up and then he they don't look like the bad guy he does. Yeah. <laughs> like knowing wrestling, that scenario could have absolutely happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely can happen.
0: Um, so that's that part. Uh the the actual title and you know they decide because of that and then Pierce. So the one thing I'm a little confused out reading that with Alvarez, and maybe you can get some clarification here, Ash. So Pierce was adamant of being NWA champion to finish his dates at a promised NWA champion, but those were into early November, but he also had plans to drop the belt to Gabana in October, <laughs> late October. So I don't know if it that was something that, you know, maybe Alvarez kind of lost it in connection or maybe Pierce was like, Hey, listen, you know, I'm going to drop Tuttle, but these, I still, ha- you know, I'm going to have the belt and I, I don't know. <laughs> That, no. that threw me off a little bit.
1: It could have just been one of those things of protecting kayfabe that he knew he was dropping the belt, but he was still going to commit to a certain amount of dates.
0: He promised them because, NWA champion Adam Pearce so they could throw it on a flyer.
1: Yeah. But still, Adam Pearce is going to work those shows. They're not going do not going to do what they did previous decades where the champion loses the belt and then the new champion just picks up all those dates. Like, if I was running a Fed and I booked Adam Pierce and the title changed hands a week out, I'm not changing all my flyers and changing all my advertising and change, changing all my cards to book Coke Cabana over Adam Pierce. That might just be my feeling of how wrestling is now in 2021 that nice to have a champion, but it's more about the talent than the belt, in my opinion.
0: Well, it's different rates. It's different travel. Trans. I mean, guys don't all come from the same place. Guys and girls. They. they, they you oh, know what that, I mean? Like
1: that. That too. How many promoters went to Adam <laughs> Pierce and and told him that they're not going to pay him his their agreed upon rate because he's no longer the champ?
0: That could be too. Another point that I want to bring up, and we recorded this the first time last night, I didn't bring it up, but it has to be brought up here. They asked Pierce reportedly. Allegedly, you say they asked Pierce to drop the title to Damian Wayne, but yet when they decide to make the belt vacant, they don't give it to Damian Wayne. <laughs> I I I don't understand. They proposed a couple of dates to him. They're like, oh, what do the Houston, this and that, and you know, Pierce, you know, told them, hey, I'm booked for this, and I, and I, I like up Pierce like I don't know my December settled out yet because <laughs> I think he knew he didn't want yeah, it I- to go this way.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm guessing maybe because the news got out beforehand, in the dirt sheets that they're in put about on Damian Wayne, so they didn't want to. Maybe well, they who's going to be like,
0: oh who... yeah, I knew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Damn Meltzer,
0: no, Damian Wayne still, from my knowledge, still working uh, in the Mid Atlantic area. Really great worker, um, and honestly, I probably would prefer him over Cahagas because he was at least working a lot of those NWA promotions. I mean, working some, but I don't know. Damian Wayne, you know, he's definitely one of those well-traveled journeymen uh, who kind of never really got a shot, but really good worker.
1: Yeah, um, I think he's been working like close to 20 years. Really didn't, yeah. Let me, let me look up. Yeah, he, he's had some WWE tryout matches, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Run, FIP. But yeah, pretty much didn't really break out
0: and he's a guy too that both NWA regimes liked because he was in that world title tournament that we talked about in the first episode yeah so he he's a guy that that, that both NWA's were a fan of uh as far as the troll NWA and the Tharp NWA um so the, the the next point here so uh w- w- with all this craziness is then they they don't put the belt on Damian Wayne. They vacate it. They 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 somehow make it an eight way. They they put Kahagus in, but Alvarez makes another point too that they liked the publicity they got. But really, it's all bad publicity, and this is kind of what you alluded to earlier. This doesn't look good on the NWA that both of these guys are cutting promos on how their that the NWA means nothing. Yeah. Pierce says, hey, this, no, you know what? If you don't want the title, I don't want the title. And Cabana's like, you know what? This isn't the future. This underground movement is the future. Cole Cabana was right on the money for that. And you know what? And we're, you know, the NWA nowadays is part of that future movement, but the NWA then did not become part of that. And what he's talking about is what we have now. Me and you are doing a podcast because of this great wrestling underground movement, you know, on independent wrestling. Independent wrestling has absolutely blown up from 2012 to 2021 oh yeah and uh you know we'll talk about a little bit later when it comes to like touring champions and whatnot but he was right you know and and, and quite honestly at the end of the day how many people were going to that show to see adam pierce versus Cole cabana because it was for the nwa title or were they just going to see adam pierce versus Cole cabana
1: yeah that's a that's a good question and you know, as I, yeah.
0: No, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just saying, we, we talked about this in the Dal Gagner AWA episode. You know, Dal hung on to the AWA name as long as he possibly could, but for what? It wasn't a draw anymore. It just wasn't. Or, yeah. or at least, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and it's just my opinion, because I don't want to get another email on Christmas Eve from illustrious <laughs> Johnny Stewart. <laughs> I wanted to set the record straight. Um, but just in my opinion, it, it, it wasn't worth it. And at this time, was the NWA brand really that worth it? And you know what? I think Cole Cabana thought about it. And probably when they were like, oh, you know want I really want you to be champion. Probably didn't push the issue.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. A lot of people realizing NWA name isn't worth the headache. Um, this was around the same time I was working for an NWA fed here in Western New York. And uh, um, I was privy to some information uh, during the Bruce Tharp regime. Now, I'll preface this by saying, allegedly, like, I don't know if he sent this to every promoter or if it was just select promoters, but from what my understanding was, all the affiliates at the time got this. There were a lot more requirements coming in um, about or from the NWA, from Bruce Tharp. Um, certain things, from what I understand, like, if you were printing merchandise. If you were an NWA affiliate and you printed any merchandise with the NWA logo on it, you couldn't use your own print shop anymore. Your own t-shirt guy. You had to go through Bruce Tharp's approved print shop. I'm not saying he owned a print shop, but someone that he had personally approved. Um, all referees had to own one of those blue NWA official ref shirts. Um, they at least said that. I never did. I... <laughs> It was brought up to me that I needed to pay fifty dollars for a ref shirt. And I at that point I was halfway checked out of that company anyways and just said, I'll just go home. And I was told, no, no, don't worry about it. Um I know that there were emails sent out. I don't know if it was from Tharp himself or from other people in the office, Fred Rubenstein maybe, but uh there were emails going out to NWA affiliates asking for them to Send For the affiliates to send the office all the contact info for all of their local venues, uh, their sponsorships, um, send them their financials, like what their draws are, uh, who's their top stars, why are they the top stars, aka like are they over, ticket selling, whatever, and basically just sending all of your personal financial information to the NWA. And from my understanding on that, from, again, from hearing from other people within the NWA at that time, that was designed that way. So if the NWA wanted to take your territory away because they felt like you weren't running A fed a promotion that was up to their standards, they had all the ability to do that as per their contract. Now, again, I'm not saying that was all Bruce Tharp. I'm just saying what came down the pipeline during this era here. And it also coincided, obviously, with Marquez leaving and a lot of other promotions leaving. The NWA promotion that was working for us shortly left the NWA, mostly because of that. And they didn't miss a beat. It wasn't, they weren't hurting. It was, they just dropped the NWA from their name and no one really cared. So it kind of goes with the same thing you said about, about that with the AWA. Just, they're just initials. No, no one really cared.
0: If we look at the two different regimes and how they approach NWA membership, it seemed like under Trobich, they were really honestly willing to take anybody. Anybody that paid that fee, they were they were good to go. You're an NWA affiliate, you know. Oh, I mean, so much that they were trying to give Rick Flair 50 of these promotions. <laughs> to show up as, as. No, they couldn't afford that. I, but and then it seems most of them probably
1: for, weren't even paying most of their talent.
0: It seems for Tharp, is like very selective. Maybe most of it's political. Yeah, I don't know. From this reading, it seems like um you know just you know opinion based we have to be very very technical here i want to go yeah. but uh you know it seemed like he wanted to be very selective as far as what he want who he wanted to be affiliate and then he maybe you know was kind of tougher on people that were borderline affiliate that maybe he didn't know if he wanted affiliate or maybe just tougher to see hey if you follow my rules then i want you in my nwa
1: yeah i think that's what it was i think I think he just had higher standards he wanted for the NWA. I'm not gonna say it was a bad idea. Um nothing nothing I just said about like what went down with affiliates. I'm not disagreeing with anything because yeah, there were a lot of subpar NWA affiliates during that time, during the two thousands. Um a lot of them booking subpar workers, drawing subpar crowds. I can understand if tharp wanted to clean that up a little bit i don't know if he did it the right way or if he did it the 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 best way but yeah i don't blame him for trying to clean up and raise the standard of the nwa
0: all right and uh you know those are kind of wondering what's what's going on here as far as the nwa title you know cog is still champion in this timeline but uh uh the kings of the underground ryan genesis Scott summers were tag team champions kind of during this period or at least from december 15 2012 to april 28 2013 but uh Back to the observer as we enter 2013, January 14th. The NWA is looking to produce a television show. It may be distributed on the internet instead of TV. So we have to remember in 2021, it's probably way more beneficial to maybe put your show on fight, IWTV, YouTube, than it is to maybe go with the local low, you know, band affiliate, you know, in your or public access or wherever it may be or the cable access in your uh, city or region but in 2013 internet streaming was still in it in um, for lack of a better terms infancy i mean it was out there but like you your powerhouses weren't powerhouses yet like netflix wasn't a powerhouse yet i hulu i think hulu was around but it still wasn't a powerhouse yet um, and and others. So streaming was still kind of this fairly new idea, and they put wrestling on it. I mean, the network pops up in 2014, so we're still a year and you know three months before the WWE network. So, what this idea of streaming on the internet? Probably not a good move in 2013, you know, because you didn't have. It was just okay. You throw it up on your website, but how are you driving attention there? How are you getting advertising there? How is it becoming good for your product? Um, and in 2013, they, they should have been going for some type of telev- television deal.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. Um, yeah, Netflix, Netflix just started streaming. I think they were just transitioning from DVDs to streaming at that time. Hulu really wasn't a big thing at that time. Um YouTube was, I know like beyond just started on YouTube. So they were starting to get attention, but that was also during the time, like there really wasn't a revenue stream to come from YouTube. So there really wasn't anything like you could put it on your website, then you're hosting it. Then you're paying for, you're paying for the website. You're paying for hosting. You're paying for bandwidth. That's a lot of, a lot of costs for very little reward, um, you definitely wanted to be on TV, even, even today, when you look at when AEW does, when they run Dark, when they run Dark Elevation, or even when they did the AEW buy-in uh, with Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki a few weeks ago, that got maybe 100,000 views. You, Mr. Russellnomics, would know better than me, but I think it was like 80,000 to 100,000. It live. was eighty
0: to 90,000 uh, during the showing, and then uh, I think over the weekend, it ended up being like 400,000, and it grew, grew, grew.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure it's still growing, but it's more of, like, you look at that, that's even 2021, that's what you get for streaming when Dynamite on TV will get a million viewers. Just for some reason, like, TV still, even though more people more people in the US more people on on the planet have access to the internet that have access to TNT and USA network but you still get more people watching on TV so like it's TV still the number one priority now and especially back then
0: So, you know, I I talked here, uh, you know, about, you know, some questionable decisions, but the NWA not wanting to have Cole Caban as a champion, getting rid of Dave Marquez, dropping some affiliates, going for internet over TV, but I think where I think maybe they turned a corner a little bit as far as a positive decision. Uh, March 12th, 2013, Bruce Darp, the president of the current version of the NWA, cut a promo and announced he was bringing a wrestler to the April 7th Sumo Hall pay-per-view show saying he would bring an American to beat a Japanese star like Luthez beat Ricky Dozan, which actually didn't happen in Japan either. (laughs) That part's funny. But um, this relationship, which we have a lot of notes on here, this NWA New Japan Pro wrestling relationship begins, and probably one of the f- first signs of wow, this maybe this Bruce Starp NWA is, is cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, you have now Bruce Starp working out a deal with New Japan, which really isn't something that the previous regime did. The previous regime was more involved in their, in their own thing and just testing, like getting their feet wet with Wing of Honor. But nothing as big as just the full-blown agreements working arrangement with New Japan, as we are going to get into here in the notes.
0: And we have to remember that this is, you know, not the New Japan you know today, um, or especially not the New Japan during the real big period in 15, 16, 17, and 18. This is New Japan right before that. So they're going to be there. And a lot of the major players that made New Japan what it is today are there or about to be there, but it's still on the cusp of, of blowing up. So it's a good partnership for the NWA, but it's they're it's not like they're landing New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the one we know where Okada and Omega are wrestling in the Tokyo, and it's a lot of Tokyo now. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and as, as we go on, like the NWA will try to isn't actually the main event either of, of these new Japan shows. It was prominent on the shows, but it wasn't like the main focus, but still does the, the fact of it being involved with new Japan is very noteworthy.
0: And we had an NWA world title change here in 2013, March 16th, when Rob Conway defeated Gahagas in San Antonio, Texas to become the champion. So rob conway um one i agree that this was another good decision by the nwa here's a guy who kind of was on a redemption run um you know was in WWE. he's got that that pedigree hey he's a WWE star but i'm sure he probably didn't like how it ended you know uh how his run ended you know and uh, it's kind of a redemption run showing that he can actually be a great wrestler and be a world champion somewhere and uh i like the move of putting the belt on rob conway
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he had a 50 50 chance of it working. Um, Conway was someone that was, had a large pedigree. Uh, Cornette always put him over in OVW. He was one of the best in OVW during that time. And I think WWE just squandered it like WWE normally does, especially in the early two thousands with OVW talent. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a redemption story for him here is, uh he had a chance to break away from his the stigma of being a WWE low card wrestler
0: and just look at me it again. yeah that's decide to see when the whole world wants to look like me but they just don't
1: <laughs> i mean it it's very similar to what's going on with matt cardona right now cardona is the same thing like he he was over he always got stuck in weird weird situations that always held him down and he's breaking out and proving right now that he's a top star.
0: You know, who's might be the most obscure example of this Johnny Swinger, Johnny Swinger for years in multiple promotions. Didn't really get to like be, you know, just have free reign and really make something out of himself. And here he is having the run of his life at, at his age. Like, it's 25 years I I love the Johnny Swinger stuff. You know, uh, they said it a couple episodes ago. They said Omg, and he goes, "Well, the one man gang's coming. How much do you want for trans like that type of stuff? That type of stuff cracks me up. It's amazing. But anyways, <laughs> the the Johnny Swinger podcast coming soon to the network. Um, uh, oh, I we're just starting we in we're the we're
1: indies we're, on <laughs> <if> we <discover laughs> in the indies episode on uh, Johnny Swinger would be perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah it, 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 that'd be a lot of fun but uh no so yeah so yeah i like i said uh, here's a guy a little pedigree but he you know he wants to go out there he wants to have you know long good matches and and, and be a uh, you know an nwa heavyweight champion he wants to put the brand on his shoulders it seemed like um so april 1st 2013 from the observer uh nwa president bruce darp sent in a video interview playing heel outside promoter he said the nwa was bringing the best wrestler in the world their world champion rob conway to japan and he issued an open challenge the fans kind of laughed at the tape kojima came out and did an interview accepting the challenge so this audience in new japan probably know rob conway being what we just talked about just look at me and losing on something a heap you know, there's the infamous Conway pop that the Internet Wrestling Committee <laughs> Internet talks about, and the just la- the the laugh at the tape is very interesting. Um, you know, so I think it's a good move, but then going over there and say, "Hey, he's the best wrestler in the world, I'm Like, oh, that's just Rob Conway. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he lost to Stevie Richards last week. I need,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's also double double edged sword with that, especially in Japan where they do look at that seriously with wins and losses so you do run into that issue
0: uh so uh Going to April 15, thousand thirteen, the NWA Invasion Attack pay per view on April seventh at Tokyo Sumo Hall. Rob Conway pinned Satoshi Kojima to retain the NWA title in fourteen minutes and twenty four seconds. Conway was accompanied by a big bodyguard who was Jack Stain, an independent wrestler who works on NWA shows in Texas. He's six foot four, two hundred eighty five pounds, and called the Vanilla Godzilla. The NWA president Bruce Dart was shown at ringside. A few fans booed, a few fans clapped. Although facially, he was trying to do the heel American businessman. Crowd was booing Conway. They had a good match. and It was mostly hard uh, chops to where both guys' chests were beaten raw. Kojima did all this trademark stuff. Kojima got a near fall with a brain buster and another with a diamond cutter where he was on in the middle of the rope and used it, and used it to take Conway off the top. Dane, at one time, pulled Kojima out of the ring and punched him. Kojima made a comeback with a rabbit lariat and a lariat, and it went for the pin. As Rafa Masaru Hattori went for the count, Dane pulled Hattori out of the ring. The crowd had been wanting Tenzan to go after Dane, and finally he did, but Dane laid out Tenzan, and then Kojima then nailed Dane with a lariat, but Conway capitalized on the distraction to hit the ego trip with its draping Kojima on the top rope and using a spinning vertical suplex. I've got to think Conway will be back after this. Uh, I can't see New Japan bringing the NWA title unless someone in their company gets it three and a quarter stars. He would be wrong about the NWA title thing, which we're going to talk about, but um, oh, this is there's a lot going on here in yeah. this match. Not your traditional NWA style match. This is Bruce Starp's NWA. Yeah. Multiple distractions, multiple people on the outside
1: yeah referee distraction just a lot of a lot of a lot of shady stuff going on which wasn't really the norm for nwa title matches traditionally and really wasn't something for new japan at that point either and i, I know like we'd mentioned earlier jack stain so you have jack stain in there who uh big guy obviously bruce Tharp, pissed his wagon to him uh a Guy that really didn't do too much, uh, before or since. I mean, he did do a little bit of impact OVW after that, but he's a guy that really he's a current NWA a guy. Chance. Yeah, he's still
0: there, he's in the mix. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I like Jack Stain, uh, good luck, you know, good worker. Uh, I think what he's doing in NWA is fine right now, I, I think it's good, but. At that I'm point, not, I'm
1: not saying it's not. I'm just saying that like yeah. he never, he's he's a guy that really, he's been at that NWA level. He really never broke out into like a WWE developmenter, even though he's like 6'4. He seems like what WWE would want. And they never really, never really bid on that.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. And he, but you could tell he was the guy that they were putting eggs in his basket. Like they were like, okay, we like this guy. You know, we're going to have the champion dust rub off them you know and have him with the champion and have him in these high profile uh matches in new japan and hope that it you know uh becomes you know something special so i mean i like that they kind of just took a guy sitting you got rob conway you got a guy who has a WB pedigree but then you're going to help him build a guy who you're just bringing out of nowhere to be like a homegrown talent and I know like Eric Bischoff always says he hates the word homegrown because it's not vegetables. I like it. homegrown talent.
1: You're vegan. You have to love it.
0: Yeah, of course. I have a lot of homegrown stuff uh, on, my, on my property here. Um, but yeah, so uh, definitely interesting. Uh, you got Kojima involved here. Tenzan's involved. These are pretty prolific names in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kojima's still wrestling. He was on AEW <laughs> like recently, uh, as well as Impact, actually. Um, so uh, kind of a big deal that they're, they're kind of getting involved with these type of names in, in New Japan. Um, June 3rd, 2013, NWA champion Rob Conway and NWA president Bruce Darp did a video interview that played on the May 24th Corrigan Hall show talking about returning, which will probably be the June 22nd pay-per-view show. And uh, we'll get into that pay-per-view show. But before we get get into that, we were talking about this relationship that New Japan, Pro Wrestling, and NWA are having. And it expands further than this world title feud. The killer elite squad, Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer, who were primarily New Japan Pro Wrestling talents at the time, became the NWA champions uh, in Houston, beating uh, Ryan Genesis and Scott Summers. So you could tell this relationship is more than just one feud. It's something they're really trying to build on. And also too, I know Lance Archer, probably Texas native. So when he's not on tours, in New Japan, very easy to be, on, uh, for him to be there. And Davey Boy Smith, I'm sure wasn't that hard either. He was a junior. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There were easy uh, New Japan talent for the NWR to bring in since they are Americans and well uh, from North America. And uh there be over here on a regular basis.
0: All right. So uh, July 1st, 2013, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. This is still from the Observer. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion on June 22nd at the Osaka Furutsu Gym. Rob Conway retained the NWA title, pinning Manubu Nakanishi in eight minutes and 32 seconds. Conway did a good job here. Nakanishi really can't do much of a singles match due to all his injuries but Conway carried it to be really better than it could have been expected. Nakanishi did a plotcha and the crowd went crazy for it. The finish all Nakanishi hit a German suplex, then he went to the top rope, seemingly a, for a moonsault, but Bruce Tharp, the NWA president from Texas, Sort of plays the heel foreign promotional head in a terribly campy way, jumped on the ring apron to distract Nakanishi, calmly snapped his neck on the top rope, and rammed his head into the metal turnbuckle before getting the pin after the ego trip. One and three quarter stars. I I I kind you know, kind of look, look at this, and you know me, I, I kind of like campiness in wrestling. I kind of like the idea of like this like american businessman i imagine he wore a cowboy hat because he's from texas and he's like... no did you ever see what he wore i you uh, know what i have not i, th- I think i, I haven't looked this up here
1: bright just uh google image bruce tharp wrestling and just look at some of the pictures uh usually smoking jackets usually bright there's one oh, that's yeah. bright and silver do you see one with uh dave penzer there?
0: <laughs> <Quite a laughs> yeah, I, I do I kinda like
1: it. He's another one that he's wearing gold. I mean a yeah, cowboy hat would I, would help, but yeah. Very like,
0: shiny jackets. Yeah. Very shiny. There's there's also one where he's like doing a like a scream that, that kind of looks like a, he he, he kind of looks like a, a Bruce Buffer scream. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, well so so I had in my mind a Tennessee Lee type gimmick but in reality he was luscious Johnny Valentine (laughs) or John, I'm sorry, uh, Johnny Valiant. Uh, But yeah, he was, he was valiant uh, and not, uh, not, not, not good old Colonel, Colonel uh, Parker there. So, all right. uh, Moving on here uh, to August 5th, 2013. Besides Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan, New Japan is also sending co Gato and Takahawa Watanabe for two Texas, I'm sorry, for NWA shows on October 18th in Houston and October 19th in San Antonio. Uh,
1: and those shows did actually happen, and they yes, were there.
0: And, and I want to talk about them in a second. We'll, we'll talk about the next note, and then I want to circle back to those and kind of talk about the end. In- the interesting concept of, of bringing all these new Japan talent over but October 7 2013 from the observer new Japan's destruction pay-per-view on September 29th Rob Conley retained the NWA heavyweight title pitting Jushin Liger in eight minutes and 16 seconds so weird that the NWA title that was always a major main event with Lou Fez, Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe, Harley Race and Ric Flair is now a preliminary title Conway continued his run through the post-40 New Japan stars. Obviously, he's got to lose it to someone in Japan at some point. Conway was really trying as a heel. Basic stuff, including Liger getting near falls with a powerbomb, a splash off the top rope, and a brain buster. The finish saw Bruce Darp, the NWA president and manager of Conway, jumped on the apron. Liger shoved him to the floor, but that allowed Conway to nail Liger with a clothesline from behind and pinned him with the ego trip. Two and a quarter stars for Meltzer. Um. So, first off, Liger would have been a cool idea for New Japan. I'm sorry, a cool idea for NWA.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. Um, would have been good to put that on, put the belt on him to have his name associated with the NWA, just because he's such a recognizable name. And when you when you look at American wrestling, American wrestling fans you mention, you asked American wrestling fans, name a Japanese superstar. Notwithstanding like the current generation, but I'm talking about like 90s, 2000s. They're all, it's a short list. And Liger is one of the names on that list. Every American wrestling fan, especially indie fans, know Jushin Thunder Leger. So putting the bout on him would have gave it instant credibility
0: now this this Texas idea, which uh you know they're doing these shows in Texas and bringing over uh talent uh such as Kojima and tanzan and Gato and Watanabe, this is something that we really saw become a very prevalent thing as the as the decade ended out from you know as the year has gone on and nowadays it's a huge thing where this past year and we, we talked about it on my other podcast, Russell new Japan pro wrestling had a very interesting financial year because they didn't really run a lot of shows and it was, you know, they took the country, Japan took a lot of COVID precautions, but one thing you did see this year and you've seen it in the past, as we talked about, but was there were so many new Japan pro wrestling talents in the United States this year doing and still right now doing shows all over for various different independent promotions Minoru Suzuki is the best that comes to mind for the last two months he's been wrestling every single weekend in top independent promotions all throughout the country on top of Impact and AEW as well that concept of bringing over these guys like Kojima and and Gato and all that really good idea by the NWA but we'll kind of talk about it where it was a little bit of a difference and we'll talk about there, but uh, in a little bit uh, with the notes, but seeing how popular it is now, and maybe this is because it's right before the big new Japan boom. But do you think that's an idea that should have been done more in this time period, bringing more of these new Japan pro wrestling talents over? I mean, it's such a common thing now.
1: Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, ring of honor was doing it. Um, They would do border wars. They do, Uh, They would have shows, double shots, triple shots, where they would bring over the New Japan talent and run New York, Philly, Toronto, and uh, they would draw on those shows. So I think, like, it done right, it would have worked. Now, running Houston and San Antonio with them, uh, that's... I mean, I know NWA's or uh, New Japan is running Texas now.
0: New Japan, yeah, the New Japan NWA, strong Japan's roster, strong in Texas. Yeah, in Dallas, so like, yeah. and they so are they doing, doing that. New Japan USA. That was Texas.
1: As yeah, well. yeah. But they can do that now, just because it's a different indie scene. But back then, I I don't know if Texas was the right area to be bringing in New Japan stars. Again, I think it it's something where. You're running Philly. You're running New York City. You're running Toronto. Even Chicago, LA, definitely. Like you run the big markets, you're you're going to draw better than you would in middle of America.
0: That is true, and and I want to touch about that in a little bit uh, with the next note, next couple notes that we talk about here. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, kind of a bold move. You you want to bring these guys over for these shows, uh, and then uh, we'll get into the. the the kind of meat and potatoes of this year october 28 2013 from the observer uh bushi road president takai kandani uh, was in texas for the two nwa shows that some of the talent worked which included a tryout session the impression I was given was that none of the wrestlers are going to be signed from the session. It was pushed as a seminar, but none of the New Japan guys even got in the ring with the talent. I was told if you went as a seminar, you got a little out of it, but if you went as a tryout, you got the tryout, but nobody was picked. Probably the biggest name was Micah Taylor, a longtime time WWE developmental wrestler. Bruce Tharp, the NWA president, was pushing New Japan on ideas to do business. One of his ideas was to do New Japan shows in Texas on iPPV to air in Japan. To me, the last thing New Japan wants to do is add eye-per-views before 500 fans in the U.S. when they were doing one big show a month and smaller shows as well already. I think the idea behind it was that NWA guys would appear on the shows against Japanese talent and they can shoot angles in the U.S. to bring in new foreigners who mean something. Now, David Marquez... The promoter of championship wrestling from Hollywood and formerly a major player in the NWA is putting together a group called the United Wrestling Network. It's similar to the NWA in sense it will be a national organization with promoters around the country who will recognize one touring champion called the United Champion. Marquez was one of many who left the NWA after the power base changed from Bob Shrobich to Bruce Darp after the lawsuit. Unlike the NWA, there will be no membership fee. The only way to be a member is to have some local television. Besides Marquez's promotion, others announced as charter members are Ultra Championship Wrestling in Utah, Championship Wrestling from Arizona, Future Stars of Wrestling in Las Vegas, Metro Championship Wrestling in Kansas City, Traditional Championship Wrestling in Texas and Arkansas. They're also working with West Coast Wrestling Connection in Oregon and New York Wrestling Connection in Long Island and New York. I'm sorry, New England Championship Wrestling in Massachusetts, who they will try and help get television in 2014. However, Metro Championship Wrestling has not had television in a few months and has shut down based on the last word we have gotten. I want to kind of talk about the United Wrestling Network and want to circle back to that seminar stuff. But uh, United Wrestling Network, first off, A lot of former NWA affiliates on this, New England Championship Wrestling, Metro Championship Wrestling, of course, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Arizona. There's a lot of former NWA Affiliate Center and then some new ones coming into fruition. Pretty interesting, Uh, you know, and it's kind of smart. It's like, hey, we knew Marquez did great things. We want to be in business with him since we don't want to be in business with Bruce Starr. The United Wrestling Network still, kind of, still a concept. I mean, there, there still is board promotions. Mostly, it seems to be, you know, Marquez running it separate of NWA wrestling. I'm sorry, separate championship wrestling from Hollywood, but still LinkedIn. I know they 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 did those eye pay per views uh, last year that it went really well. You saw Mike Bennett, Chris Dickinson, and others. And naturally, uh, you know, I believe I could be wrong, but I think Chris Dickinson is their current champion. But, yeah, United Wrestling Network, another thing that still has longevity.
1: Yeah, uh, I remember when it started, a company we worked for in uh, downstate New York called Excite Wrestling. Uh, They were a member of it for a little while. Actually, they're still a member um, because there's no membership fee, so you don't really get kicked out. Um, But, yeah, it's very similar to the NWA. Obviously, no membership fee. Uh, I think it kind of took a back seat for a little while while De Marquez returned to the NWA to do the NWA, the Billy Corgan Atlanta tapings. Uh, came back after Marquez left the NWA again. Um, but it, yeah, it's still out there. It's still uh, coming along. It's Obviously, it's not the same as Championship Wrestling as franchise of that. That's something entirely different. So Marquez is kind of running two uh, affiliate networks right now at the same time.
0: The, the f- interesting thing I found here, too, is you must have a local tele- local television, and th- I, we talked about that was Marquez's strong suit, was getting television in for promotions, and that kind of weeds out who you might think is a weak member. You have to have local television, because I'm sure there was a lot of promotions, ah, we don't need TV, we got DVDs.
1: Uh, that's actually a good point. That might have <laughs> been, that could have been uh, quality control. Without saying <laughs> that I'm going to personally decide if your Fed is good enough to be a part of this. By saying you have to have TV shows that the Fed has to be good because they're investing money into TV. So, yeah, I guess that could be a runaround to run around to that. Speaking but also, of like The Fed's, the Fed's okay. listed. No, I'm just saying the Fed's listed are actually all good Feds that did have TV and quote. Qual- quality TV at that.
0: Speaking of runarounds, we have seen this locally. Not so much I've seen it in Canada, where a promotion or a promoter will promise something as almost a tryout. But it really <laughs> is a seminar. And it's just a way to make an extra buck on a show. And I think that's kind of what they did here. They promised all these American wrestlers, look, you're going to get a new Japan per wrestling tryout and a seminar. But really at the end of the day it was probably just A seminar.
1: Um, So, so you're saying the brutal Bob seminars? (laughs) No, no. I nothing is brutal Bob. He's Bob's a great guy. Bob Evans is a great guy, but I'm not saying he ever said this. But there's all there's been a lot of promotions in the last several years that have promoted him, promoted his seminars as Ring of Honor tryouts. One when he was in ring of honor. Not again, not saying Bob pushed that or force that on anyone, but it definitely, a lot of promotions blurred the lines by booking him, uh, making their talent think that a seminar was also a tryout. And it was just him. Uh, there's promotions that booked guys like Devon Dudley when he worked for WWE as and claimed it was a WWE tryout. And, uh, booking guys like D'Lo Brown and all these other guys that were associated with WWE or Impact or AEW and making their students and their talent believe that it's actually a tryout to get more people to sign up.
0: The thing, though, is you don't have to lie. If you tell somebody that there is a seminar with somebody who's affiliated with a major promotion who has polled to possibly get you a job. People are going to show up. I The Billy Gunn seminars, nobody advertised it as AEW tryouts. But when Billy Gunn was named AEW coach and he was doing AEW seminars, people went to those seminars because yeah. Billy Gunn was an AEW coach. And, and you don't have to deceive. I, I know myself and um, a few others, uh, including a friend of the show, Vince Valor, there was a promoter in Canada who was promoting something as a global force wrestling tryout. I can guarantee you that Jeff Jarrett had no idea that it was being promoted as a tryout and probably thought it was just a seminar that he was doing. But this promoter, at least maybe not on the flyer, but two workers were saying, oh, this is a global force tryout, man. You got got to come do it.
1: It went all the way up to the ballpark brawls that tried to claim – Scott D'Amour seminar was a TNA tryout like it goes it's not just relegated to the shindies that's it's county bullshit it happens everywhere it's it really needs to stop people need to call it out
0: and according to this report it wasn't even much of a seminar either no (laughs) you just gave your money (laughs) here you go I'm here (laughs) yeah um all right, uh, moving on to November 18, 2013, New Japan Pro Wrestling Road to Power struggle on November 6th. A weird match saw Rob Conley and Jack Stane win the NWA tag titles and Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer win the IWGP titles in a two-fall match. They showed the footage from San Antonio where this match was put together. It was so dark and it just seemed below standards of what you would see in a major league television show. Bruce Darp, the NWA president, came out waving the NWA flag and talking Japanese. He's a lot better than when he started. Dane is looking like a huge power lifter type, but Green. Smith came out wearing a mask, which he does most of the time. Conway unmasked him. Uh, The first fall was for the NWA tag titles. Conway and Dane won in five minutes and 41 seconds. Kojima and Tenzan then did a double suplex on Dane and a 3D on Conway. Kojima set up the larian on Conway, but Tharp distracted him jumping on the apron. Dane hit Kojima with a spear, and Conway used an ego trip on Kojima. The second fall opened with Smith Jr. and Archer hitting the killer bomb on Conway. Smith was back with his mask on. Dane then speared Smith. Tenzan hit the mountain bomb on Archer, but missed a diving headbutt. They tried the killer bomb and Tenzan, but Kojima saved him. But later, they did the killer bomb, the Kojima, and then Tenzan and Archer, uh, and then the Tenzan and then Archer pin Tenzan in three minutes and two seconds with two and a quarter stars. A lot to happen in eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, the nonstop uh, action there, uh, but so this is interesting. It's a nice way to maybe get the tag titles. I mean, you're working with New Japan, so you're like, hey, maybe we want to put the NWA titles back on guys that can be regulars for us and not guys that have to be on tours all the time, but then also kind of fuel that feud because it's those are guys that are still over there being heels, as well as now you're making Archer and Smith the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Champions, and you're involving Kojima and Tenzan who are in the main angle of Conway. It's really good booking, in my opinion. I know Meltzer described it as his craziness, but I kind of like it.
1: <laughs> yeah no 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 complaints about that
0: uh january 13 2014 and it, it all comes down to this wrestle kingdom eight where satoshi, satoshi kojima pinned rob conway in eight minutes and 27 seconds to win the nwa heavyweight title harley race was at ringside and tenzan came out with kojima jack Stein came out with conway and harley race was very unsteady on his feet but he decked bruce darp with a short left. <laughs> It was then weird to have them both sitting at the same table during the match. Kojima is really hurting. He no longer even does his trademark elbow off the top rope. He went to do it and Dane distracted him, which allowed Conway a chance to recover and give him a flare style slam off the top. Conway used a Mongolian chop in front of Tenzan, which got the crowd mad. Tenzan got into a terrible looking brawl with Dane. Tenzan laid him out with a mountain bomb. Conway hit a spear on Kojima and went for the ego trip, but Kojima turned into a Koji cutter. The finish saw Kojima duck a Conway lariat, then hit him with the lariat for the pin. Tharp's temper tantrum after the guy lost the NWA title was awesome. The crowd did pop for the title change. Uh, and then it also notes that Joshi Kojima, as NWA champion, Jushin Liger and Davey Boy Smith Jr. will be going to the United Kingdom for Superstars of Wrestling UK on March 29th for a show called Super Clash 2014. There are thoughts of sending Kojima all over the world with this idea of bringing prestige back to the title.
1: Now that Wrestle Kingdom, now obviously you have an NBA World Title change. Also on that card, uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, the Bull Club, defeats David Boyce Jr. and Lance Archer. Uh, Young Bucks defeat Alex Kozlov and Rocky Romero. Uh, Suzuki Gun uh, and the Time Splitters, Shelly and Kushida. You also had uh, Kota Ibushi against Prince Devitt. Uh, Okada against Naito and Tanahashi against Nakamura so when you look at that uh, I, I think it's a pretty big uh, a pretty big honor to have the NWA title on a card on a, just a star-studded card like
0: that and isn't it crazy you know this is what I love when we do podcasts like this and just all the podcasts out there when you f- forget that These things lived in the same world. So the rise of the Young Bucks and the Bullet Club was going on at the same time as Rob Conway and Bruce Tharp doing the NWA angle in New Japan. Bruce
1: Tharp is doing his heel 1980s Jim Cornette type gimmick on this card that's main evented by Tom Tanahashi and Nakamura going 23 minutes and Okada and Naito going 31. Yeah it's it's uh quite quite the thing to think about
0: it's it's just it's kind of mind-blowing to uh to think about that uh as we as we discuss it here um all right so Moving on uh, to February 17, 2014 from the Observer. New Japan Pro Wrestling, new beginning in Hiroshima on February 9th. Satoshi Kojima pinned Big Daddy Yum Yum. Brian Wilcott in 1104 to retain the NWA heavyweight title. Yum Yum came across like a minor league guy, like a very green indie guy. He's tall, built at six foot six. Bruce Darp got a ton of heat ringside as the American NWA rep. Yum Yum's big spot was a one arm Bruno San Martino style backbreaker over the shoulder. Kojima won with the lariat, one and a half stars. You go from Rob Conway to Big Daddy Yum Yum, like the star power drops off there from who the NWA is bringing over. Uh, March 3rd, 2014 uh, from uh, from the Observer, NWA President Bruce Starper does a heel manager to routine in Japan, said we will be debuting a national NWA television product in the very near future on Twitter. Every, it's coming soon. Big news. Stay every, tuned. Episode,
1: every episode of this podcast that <laughs> quote is said by no matter what company we're talking about no matter what questionable promoter says we're gonna we're gonna debut natural television
0: in the near future. Me and you are both aware of promotions that have not ran in years that still will post on social media. Big news coming soon. It's like you haven't ran in like seven years. It's over
1: they're 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 talking to TV they're talking to TV companies. They got they got something coming on
0: oh um March 24, 2014, uh, Satoshi Kojima will be defending the NWA title in Taiwan in April before working several U.S. states as champion in May. Rob Conway and Jack Stein will be coming to Taiwan for these shows. Although it's been reported that Satoshi Kojima is coming in for the May 10th and May 17th shows, that's not the case, at least at this point. New Japan wants to keep Kojima's U.S. stuff exclusive for the NWA since he's the world champion, so it's a political thing. The way I've been told he'd like to come is since his sister lives in Brooklyn, it would allow him to see her, and Ring of Honor would love to have him. So, and this, I, I kind of wanted to dig into this a little bit here. Uh, first off, Taiwan, very interesting market. Uh, you, you know, something you don't see pop up. And I'd love, and that's, by the way, check out our friends at WrestleMap. They do a great, great job, they write articles daily on all these promotions happening all over the world, like independent wrestling, everything, whenever we actually do something outside of the U S and Canada, we'll definitely, I'd like to have a, uh, let's like have Brian from WrestleMap on, or, you know, at least help us research. But anyways, uh, Taiwan, really interesting place. I like, Oh, wow. They, they, they had wrestling. <laughs> you know, it's like, you learn about these places like, Whoa, they're bringing in the NWA champion. Um, now, to the point of Kojima in the United States. So it seemed like he thought the idea was he comes in and he can work as many quality U.S. states as possible. And it seems like the NWA wanted to kind of keep it the exclusive for the NWA, which we're not talking a lot of big markets. Sure, Houston and San Antonio makes sense. It's also Bruce Darp's home territory. Makes sense. But why would you not want him to go defend the title in ring of honor and give you that prestige as well as defend the title in any bigger cities that were running promotions at that time? I mean, I would rather have him go to somewhere in Philadelphia or Chicago or Boston or Los Angeles, et cetera. Then, Oh no, it has to be NWA affiliates. And let's look at the NWA affiliates at this time. They're mostly regional they're in the southeast. They're in the southwest. Yeah, there is some in the northeast get through. But look at the market size. I'm sorry, but like Satoshi Kojima is not going to draw in Frankfort, Kentucky. It just isn't going to happen. You know, or, no, or, I... or or even in Kingsport, Tennessee, probably a decent crowd, but they're probably there to see Bo Jones. <laughs> you
1: know, like I that that's inti- that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty like... sure. I'm pretty sure that's. That's why those fans are there. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, You look at the NWA strongholds in 2014. You had Locust Grove, Georgia. Here's Toledo, Ohio. You had Louisiana, home of Louisiana, Tampa, Florida, Millersville, Tennessee, Cypress, Texas, Churchill, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi, another Louisiana, you had North, uh, Williamston, North Carolina. It's, it's all that... Traditional NWA territory, NWA region. So again, yeah, what? What would it hurt to let Kojima work Ring of Honor in New York City, and Philly, and Toronto? It's not going to hurt their draw because nobody's streaming, and uh, Ring of Honor's still doing their DVD business, and those DVDs are not going to get out for weeks or months after the show probably by the time kojima was back in japan so it's not going to hurt the draw of any of these shows i think it was more of Tharp just wanting to say he has the exclusive exclusivity of Ko- kojima during this during this
0: excursion and you see, seen and i alluded to it earlier look at what's happened in america in the last year with these talents coming over from new japan minoru suzuki all over the place and worked in bigger markets and worked for some of the best independent promotions in the country um i i i I saw you know i i've seen others like tanahashi and and kojima and uh Uh, you know, multiple Al Fantasmo and Will Ospreay and Jay White and multiple talents, you know, yes. And New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong is a big part of why they're coming over, but they're also working all these other top independent promotions and they're all in markets where it makes sense. You know, a place, two places where a lot of Japanese talent are being brought in and drawing well is Seattle and San Francisco. Those are the type of places that, that should have been that. Kojima shouldn't have been working at. Yeah, Not, and there oh, was no, no you can't work that. you got to work home of Louisiana, Yeah, probably hasn't drawn a good house since Mid-South. <laughs> no, no offense against home of Louisiana. All right, Maybe the, they do. So. I don't know. Uh,
1: here's a show. Yeah, May 2014, home of Louisiana, from the East Park Recreation Center. Uh, main event was NWA Elite Heavyweight title match, John Saxton against Andy Dalton. That was pretty much the card.
0: Was Kevin Northcutt on that show? Because Kevin Northcutt was the guy I always saw in those Louisiana results. And I i, I was a secret Kevin Northcutt fan. I liked Kevin Northcutt.
1: Uh, Minotaur was on the show. <laughs> uh, tagging with Apocalypse against Steve Anthony and Tim Storm.
0: Oh, Tim Storm. All right.
1: Yeah. So Tim Storm. Uh,
0: foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. Running, uh, working the uh, home of Louisiana Territory. I fully agree, like, these are the types of shows that you're not really getting your money back. You're not, like, you're booking Kojima, you're paying Kojima, you're not seeing a return on in your investment by running these small towns.
0: But you're also not letting him get the NWA name out there. It doesn't matter if it's an NWA affiliate. The fact is, he should be working Ring of Honor. At this time, CCW was a big deal. Maybe even Mid-South. Be honest with you, but he should be going to work for these type places. AEW was becoming growing full yeah. impact pro. Like this, Smash this Wrestling is, was
1: starting up in Toronto. They would have booked him.
0: Yes. This is the beginning of this I, for lack of a better word, super indies that we have now. This is the beginning of it. The uh, you know, and there was places that that he could have worked at that would have helped the NWA, but like, wow, the NWA. because then you also the think too. You send them to a promotion, and they may go, wow, they do have Kojima as their champion. Maybe we should look into being part of the NWA.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, you had, the NWA had that relationship now with New Japan. It wasn't just, oh, you know, Italian exchange or New Japan guys are coming over. You actually had the NWA world title defended at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, that's a big deal.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 you know, it, I just I I don't like the move of Tharp n- not wanting him to, to, to really to work any non NWA feds and not get the name out there. And I you know I talked about I love the New Japan moves and what what they were doing with the title and all that. And then it goes back to oh, but now here's a questionable decision based on political preference.
1: Ric Flair didn't defend the NWA title in exclusive NWA feds in the eighties. <laughs> watch watches on NWA affiliate. Fritz wasn't an NWA affiliate. He was still defending the belt. He, he did he did Pro Wrestling USA. Um the whole thing of like you're the champs so you only can work NWA affiliates is like antiquated and yeah, it just hurt himself. It hurt the NWA itself for for doing that.
0: March 31st 2014 Satoshi Kojima as NWA champion Prince Debit. Jushin Liger and Davey Boy Smith Jr. are working at March 29th show in Gloucester, England, for the Superstars of Wrestling UK group. Kojima faces Rampage Brown for the NWA title. No date has been announced, but Hiroshi Tanahashi and Styles, along with DDT's Kenny Omega, are announced for the group's second show. So, the Superstars of Wrestling, um, which might be something we had to visit in the future, this sounds pretty star-studded. Um, but and,
1: and they did they did run. It, it is uh, there is. Was... There are results here.
0: I mean, but a thing that that, that Kojima is doing for the NWA is he's defending it in England. He's giving it – he's defending it in Taiwan. He's giving it prestige.
1: Yeah, no, I fully agree here.
0: So – and this is where we kind of talked about, you know, I talked about before where you want that NWA title – If it's going to be defending the United States, maybe you want to defend it in the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, the former ECW Arena. Maybe you want to defend it in Hammerstein Ballroom. Maybe you want to defend it in all these, you know, prestigious venues. Well, on April 7, 2014, the Observer, Satoshi Kojima defends the NWA title on May 31st in Cypress, Texas at the VFW post. In 8905. And there's nothing wrong with VFW Post, but that's the thing. You've got this guy who's becoming a global champion for you. He's a big, he's a legend at this point. And now he's above legend status, but at this point, he's a legend in New Japan. And and you're only defending your title in the VFW Post in Cypress, Texas. You were not going to Philadelphia. You're not going to New York. I can defend a title and bring him honor. Get out of here. VFW Post
1: 8905. I Googled it. It does come up. (laughs) uh it is this, i a, guarantee
0: they have a fish fry special on their front page
1: oh oh i'm sure yes <laughs> um it is a pretty much a tin shed Let's see uh <laughs> yeah i can't share a screen but like yeah it's uh I highly recommend everyone just Google that and look at the uh, the pictures come up because you can see inside of it too. It's it's what you expect an indie wrestling fed to run in. Oh, you, there there are pictures on Google of pro wrestling <laughs> happening in this venue. That, that kind of looks kind of looks impressive. Uh, not impressive. It looks unique with these pictures. But again, you're this is the NWA World Champion, a title that just three months earlier was being defended at the Tokyo Dome, and now is in this dingy VFW post that's probably filled with cigarette smoke.
0: I, where is Cypress, Texas? Because I think I I might think it's something I'm thinking of this venue. Let's see where it's located. Uh, it's in Houston, probably isn't. So I saw a picture on showing a wrestling ring in it, and it looked very similar to remember when the Tiger King craze came out, and then people found out that he was actually commentating on around independent for wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of looked like that setup. But it looks a uh, different because I think that was more towards the Oklahoma border. But uh, by the way, we if we ever do mini episodes, we we should probably do a mini episode on Tiger King's <laughs> wrestling career, which pretty sure he was an nwa affiliate when he ran his, his wrestling shows now I, I need to know about this let's see here king nwa wrestling should tiger king wrestling probably pops up let's see here yeah we'll we'll look into more uh as, as i I'll, uh, as we go down to the episode here, if I find some more stuff out here about Joe Exotic's uh, wrestling career here. But okay, uh, so yes, so here it was. So he uh, started running shows with uh, a guy by the name of Robert Langdon. It was a pro wrestling promoter for NWA Texoma, which is now Texoma Pro Wrestling. So it, it was an NWA affiliate uh this was an into the affiliate. You, that the Joe Exotic helped run wrestling ships with. So yeah, it's just uh, I, I wanted to. Uh, we got to talk about Tiger King on the episode, and and, and that, that makes me happy inside. Um
1: no, I'm actually, to I'm,
0: April, I, I put have... in the
1: chat. I put in the chat. Click on that. Look at these pictures. We have W votes
0: kill oh yeah no i I, I was seeing him oh, okay yeah no i i I was seeing him because that's where I said that the, the the layout looked like the same layout when I heard him do commentary
1: yeah
0: yeah but uh it, it's a different venue but yeah so yeah uh, tiger yeah. King was once part of the NWA Joe exotic <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so uh m- moving on to the uh April 14, 2014, uh, uh, Observer, New Japan, Invasion Attack pay-per-view show on April 6th, Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan beat Rob Conway and Jack Stane in 10 minutes and 6 seconds to win the NWA World Tag Team titles. Kojima seemed healthier and moving better than a while. Tenzan was still very limited. The crowd got into all of Kojima's trademark things. Bruce Darb continued to play the Jim Cornette manager role with great tantrums. The finish saw them give Dane a 3D, followed by Kojima hitting a lariat on him, and Tenzon pin him after a moonsault. Dane has noticeably improved in recent months, two and three quarter quarter stars. So um, continuing, and this is, we're looking at it here, this is a good year-long feud that they're doing here between Kojima and and Rob Conway. And getting all the other parties involved
1: i mean if you had the long-term deal with kojima and got him where he's on excursion might as well make it a year-long year-long deal
0: yeah i mean and and and, uh the involving the tag titles and the world title in the same conversation um i i kind of i kind of like that i like that a lot actually to be honest with you uh april 14 2014 uh I'm sorry, I I just read that there. May 12, 2014, Observer. uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Dontaku on May 3rd. Satoshi Kojima retained the NWA heavyweight title, pinning Wes Briscoe after a lariat in 9 minutes and 25 seconds. The biggest thing about this match was Stan Hansen coming out, getting the expected superstar reaction. Bruce Tharp came out wearing a Jackie Gleason smoking jacket out of the 50s. The deal was with Briscoe getting a shot. Is that his uncle Jack was a very well remembered in Japan as NWA champion from 1973 to 1975, and he's the guy Jai Baba beat in his first one week title ring. Brown now, I'm sorry, Briscoe now has dark hair and, tru- and trunks and his tattoos all over his legs, with his hair, beard, and mustache, he looked like a 1973 Terry Funk. They pushed Briscoe as the master of the figure four. So he worked over Kojima's leg. He put the move on Kojima twice, but people weren't buying it. Kojima hit the lariat to end it. The storyline is that Hansen had taught Kojima the lariat about a dozen years ago when Kojima first went to all Japan as a regular. So he used it as Stan was watching here. Match was okay, but nothing more. Kojima was limited because he was working with a broken left hand, and Briscoe was limited because he's West Briscoe. That's from Melter. Uh, while while not new, it's something seeing that the NWA title not only defended before intermissions, but positioned well below the Never Championship, one in three quarter stars. Um, and before we get into the uh, second part, because uh, West Briscoe pops up again, uh, West Briscoe. Um, he's still working uh last time i checked social i believe he is in a relationship with red velvet from what from what i understand haven't seen him popped up on aw dark or dark elevation which kind of shocks me um that he hasn't popped up but west briscoe this is this is a little bit after the 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 impact wrestling run and the aces and eights thing. And I've never had the pleasure of working with Rest Frisco. Me and you have both worked with Garrett Bischoff, who was an absolute treat to work with. Great guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Amazing I cannot guy. put over
0: Garrett Bischoff enough. Yeah. Really good dude. Um, but I like the idea. Here's a guy fresh off TV, and he has a name that is synonymous with the old NWA. But you're billing him as the master of the figure four. Now, I I don't remember a lot of the impact wrestling from like 13 and 14 and 12. But did he put a lot of figure fours? I'm pretty sure that was AJ Styles' deal when Flair was managing him during that run.
1: Yeah. uh, I don't recall Wes Briscoe being the master of the figure four. I could be
0: wrong. It could be. No, but, you know, no. but yeah, not something, not something I remembered. Um, so from the second part uh, of that observer there, Wes Briscoe shows back up here. So Doja and Hiroshi tenson retain the NWA tag titles in the three-way beating Davy Boyd, Smith Jr. and Lance Archer and Wes Briscoe and Rob Conley in 11 minutes and 38 seconds. So Wes Briscoe is getting featured in both titles. Uh, they kept the action moving. Smith Jr. and Archer both did delayed suplexes at the same time on Conway and Briscoe, respectively. They try and push Briscoe as the master of the figure four because Jack Briscoe as world champion came to Japan as the master of the figure four. Well, there's their explanation, but still, it d- doesn't work for me. <laughs> In the 70s, there were all kinds of near falls, including a 3D on Conway uh, that were broken up. NW President Bruce Starp got on the apron, and his Tenzon hit the Anaconda Vice on Briscoe. Tenzan went after Tharp, and Briscoe used a dropkick and a schoolboy on Tenzan for a near fall. Briscoe put the figure four on Tenzan, but Kojima saved, uh, and then Kojima then, um, sorry, Kojima uh, saved a, oh yeah, I'm sorry. The, the wording was a little bit here. Put a figure on Tenzan, but Kojima saved him. Kojima then Lariat Smith Jr., Lariat Archer over the top rope, used a diamond cutter on Conway, and then Tenzan used a moonsault on Briscoe for the pin two and three-quarter star. So, involving this tag title, I mean, and, and, you know, it also brings up the comment that the title is positioned lower than never championship, and I'm sure it was, but they have two storylines going on here. Both title belts, at least the world title and the tag titles, are being featured on New Japan shows. That's more than what was done three years ago, or three years before this, I should say. You know, at the end of the day, it's still being positioned. I, I think no one's kidding themselves. I don't think they expected to be the main eventer or right before the main.
1: No, no, not at all.
0: Uh, June 9, 2014, Observer Rob Conley pinned Satoshi Kojima on June 2nd in Las Vegas at the Gold Coast Hotel to regain the NWA title. Kojima was in town for the Cauliflower Alley Club banquet, and I guess that's where they were going to switch the title back. Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan are also... NWA World Tag Champs. The NWA noted it was the first time the NWA title had changed hands in the fight capital of the world. Kojima won the title on January 4th in the Tokyo Dome and had done two U.S. tours since then. He worked on May 30th in Millersville, Tennessee pinning <laughs> Jeremiah Plunkett and Damian Wayne in two different title f- defenses. No Plunkett. And May 31st in Houston um, beating Carson. Uh, so <laughs> they did what we, what we said, they, they went to Millersville, Tennessee, <laughs> you know, and, and, and like, we already talked about Damien. Jeremiah Plunkett is another guy. I, maybe cause he's down there, he doesn't get the crazy shit, but really, really solid worker. I know he's a um, worked a lot when Colin Delaney was, was doing pretty much a Southern excursion down there when he was down South. And we did a lot of stuff with Jeremiah Plunkett is nothing but good things to say about him. And I have a lot of people, uh have said great things about jeremiah plunkett <coughs> uh down there down there down south. Um do yeah so at this title change here uh Conway gets his belt back but as far as the tag champs uh we still have uh tenzai and kojima so it looks like the NWA title <coughs> NWA tag title sorry will still be you know featured in new japan now, moving on to the August 18, 2014, uh, a New Japan rep is expected to be coming to the Brooklyn show to discuss more talent exchanges. There is talk of doing a Ring of Honor title match at the Tokyo Dome in January as the Outsider World title instead of the NWA title. The whole NWA thing in New Japan hasn't been talked about lately. And there so it is.
1: Yeah, slowly starting to uh, fade away here. And obviously, like it still went on for a few more months, but obviously it's it's starting to cool off. The do you think is this is off? what
0: Tharp was afraid of? The reason why he didn't want, or at least allegedly didn't want Kojima to work for Ring of Honor was because maybe it would have sped up this relationship and they would have realized, oh, we just do Ring of Honor, not NWA. Uh, it's possible.
1: Um not going to deny that. I can say no to that. Um, Ring of Honor was already, uh, already bought by Sinclair at that point. Um, so they already had the money, they had the means. They were definitely a stronger company than the NWA. Um, and New Japan already had a working arrangement with them in the, in the past, too, bringing in names. So Uh, I think it makes sense, especially with the NWA. Like, you've gone as far as you could uh, pushing the NWA name and championship in New Japan. Uh, Why not open it up to a whole new different roster of talent?
0: And uh, I think we, uh, you know, we're about to see here the door closing more and more in this relationship October 20 2014 New Japan Pro Wrestling King of Pro Wrestling on October 13th in Tokyo Davey Boy Smith Jr. And Lance Archer the killer elite squad won the NWA tag titles from Kojima and Tenzan which teased the beginning of the split up and feud among the latter duo uh NWA president Bruce start wearing a smoking jacket out of the Fred Blassie area Ch- challenged Jushin Liger, the legend Lager and expensive suited and tie a mask, acting like a modern-day Mr. Wrestling too except for the challenge, which may be in Osaka or the Tokyo Dome. Which, okay, so yes, we do have Tharp still being involved with Liger, but you could tell, all right, now they're putting the belts on uh, back on Archer and Smith, who can defend them in the States at a pretty regular basis, that they're kind of trying to cool this relationship off. Yeah. And hey, it might be for, and the reason why they're doing the Liger thing is for somebody to finally get the Kermuppens on Bruce Dark, because no one's really got that yet to a uh, booking standpoint. <laughs> so November 7, 2014, power struggle at uh, November 8th at the Osaka bodymaker calcium. Jushin Liger pinned Chase Owens in nine minutes and 20 seconds to win the NWA junior heavyweight title. Bruce Tharp was in a video earlier in the show. He, where he said some uh, liger eight by tens on fire. He was wearing his loud jacket out of the '70s Fred Blassie collection and doing a Memphis manager from that era act. He told the fans to stand up and give him respect. They didn't do that. Owens was called by Tharp the crown jewel of the NWA. The crowd was into liger going after the NWA Junior Title, the belt that Johnny, or sorry, Danny Hodge wore far more than you think. They had a nice match, although Owens had a feel for it being over his head. Owens did a springboard uh, backbreaker and a second backbreaker in near falls. He went on for a package pile driver, which is his big move, but Liger blocked using a fez press, a move Hodge also uses a finisher in Japan in the 60s, a palm blow, and two brain busters, and won the title. The title was was way bigger than I figured as tons of people were shooting photos of Liger with the belt, and when he left the ring, people were going crazy to touch the belt, Two and three quarter stars. Now okay, first off, let's talk about Chase Owens because this was huge for his career. Cause to this day, in 2021, Chase Owens is a regular in New Japan pro wrestling. Correct. And it probably doesn't happen if this relationship between Bruce Starp and New Japan is a thing, because I at that time, um, NWA, I believe it was NWA Smoky Mountain, where Tony Givens was running it. Uh, Chase Owens was a featured player uh, in the in the NWA promotion. It became Innovate Wrestling, and uh, so obviously he's one of the shining stars through these regional promotions. NWA gets a shot, and now he's a member of the Bullet Club. He's not looking back, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and as we as we see as we're going through here, the NWA. New Japan angle kind of pivots, pivots from the NWO title and Rao Conway into the junior heavyweight title and Liger and the main focus turns into Bruce Tharp versus Liger as we go here. So kind of like, not a demotion, but it's something different. It, it seems like Tharp's just trying to I don't want to say stay relevant, but he's, he's trying to prolong his managing career by now shifting over to uh feud with liger
0: well like every promoter he's got to be now involved in a main (laughs) storyline yeah almost every promoter does it eventually happens yeah they get involved um january 24 2014 uh chris from quilo who was running the nwa title or nwa bruce tharp has split with him after some threatened legal action by tharp ronquillo plans to continue promoting in houston but not as an nwa affiliate he sent an email to people saying that he left the organization immediately uh so yeah, it was
1: just this i was actually just looking this up a few minutes ago trying to uh find more information because not a lot has been talked about about chris in here uh it was mentioned earlier on when uh when tharp actually won the rights to the nwa um him and fred Rubenstein, along with tharp were the three in charge from everything I can see. Um, Chris was the chief executive officer of the NWA since early 2013. Um, and it seems like he ran everything behind the scenes for, uh, for Tharp. So he would work with the affiliates. He'd try to get more affiliates to come along, uh, to join in with the group. Um, and really nothing nothing about why he left. Um, nothing that I could find out on here. So it's uh, mm-hmm. could be a mystery, but uh, again, if some kind of threatening legal action and he immediately uh, sucked away, there's probably some uh, big story there and probably something that probably hasn't gotten out for a reason.
0: Yeah, we're actually, and we're getting a lot of this information from uh, online World of Wrestling with the article that was written in August second, two thousand fourteen, about this. Uh, yeah, this guy was doing the grunt work. He was doing a lot of the, you know, the day-to-day operations stuff, the the grunt stuff that had to be done, the phone calls, the emails, while Bruce Stark was over in Japan feeding Jewish <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Burning leg
1: right by tense.
0: Bruce Stark wasn't contributing and 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 everything, but I'm just saying, like, this is a guy that you don't hear. And he's Stop really trying the to face keep, of it. Yeah. He's really trying to keep the, the NWA uh, f- a flow in here. Um, December 15, 2014 after finishing its tagged team tournament, new Japan announced the complete January 4th, Russell kingdom show at the Tokyo dome, which due to time constraints and injuries has changed slightly from original plans. and still has a few holes in it. Officially gone are both the NWA title, the NWA junior title and the ring of honor title from the card. A tease breakup uh, of Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima has been dropped, at least for now. This is the beginning, in my opinion, because I remember having people over for this. We watched it, like, not live, obviously, with the time difference. But I remember having some people over for this uh, that came over to my house and watched this. This might have been the first Wrestle Kingdom that was a big deal like, not that for a big deal, but a really big deal with the internet wrestling community and really kicked off that boom for New Japan Pro wrestling. Would you, and I know this is an independent wrestling show, we don't want to make too much talk about this, but this did affect the independents. Uh, yeah.
1: and, and, and here's the interesting thing that they, because due to time constraints, they dropped the NWA matches and Ring of Honor. This was the uh, Wrestle Kingdom that had uh, Jeff Jarrett on it.
0: Yep, and so, Scott Demore, and they were in bull yeah. club. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: so uh, they dropped ring. Of, they dropped Ring of Honor. They dropped more importantly, they dropped the NWA for Global Force Wrestling.
0: Well, Jarrett was Jared was a great, great heel in Japan and Mexico, especially Mexico. Yeah, he he was very good at that. Um and and, oh no, and I'm, I'm
1: not I'm not criticizing them for making that decision.
0: But I they just, took an untested like, brand and they really wanted to affiliate themselves with it out of the Ring of Honor and yeah. Which Ring of Honor, that might have been a time constraint, they might have been a travel thing. Their relationship with Ring of Honor still continued. Uh, obviously with culminated in the, the Madison Square Garden show.
1: Yeah, yeah. And at that time, uh Jay Briscoe was the Ring of Honor champion. So may, maybe maybe the lack of star power there um but i'm just spitballing here from that their opinion yeah, yeah from their opinion it wasn't it, yeah it wasn't adam cole it wasn't elgin it wasn't Jay lethal it wasn't like a made, major star that has a japanese pedigree um that could have played a factor in there but i think more so it was, it was probably more than likely just the jeff Jarrett global force wrestling bullet club tie-in um that just was the reason for the
0: reason for all of those matches getting cut uh jr 19 2015 observer nw champion rob conway 42 years old underwent an emergency uh epidectomy on january 14th conway was scheduled to defend the title against hiroshi Tenzon on february 14th so uh probably uh you know uh not the best thing for him to uh uh to go out, but he does defend that title he works that match um which we'll get into later uh, on uh february 14 2015 losing to hiroshi tenzen in, in new japan so i mean the, the NWA title pops back up uh and once again it, folks i i can't explain how this is going on in the same era that new japan is really blowing up like Nothing and like and what I'm saying is is like this this NWA title and Bruce versus Christian Liger, it's so 80s and 90s, and it's happening when we're really seeing <coughs> the beginning of what the business uh, would really turn into. I mean, that New Japan Pro Wrestling from 2015 on became so influential. We don't have an AEW without it, you know. And and I just I kind of want to. Just kind of show you guys here. So, we talked about that. Wrestle Kingdom. This is a Wrestle Kingdom that has AJ Styles versus Naito, Nakamura versus Abushi, Tanahashi versus Okada, Omega with the Young Bucks versus Taguchi. You know, uh, Minoru Suzuki, I know who was for a while, but he, he's on there. We have uh, TMDK on the show, uh, Shelton Benjamin, the time splitters, Shelly and Kushida. Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Fish and O'Reilly. Like, this is the era. The Bullet Club is is going on strong. This is this era of New Japan. But, yeah, this is also the era of the NWA title and Bruce Star. I never thought this was the same stuff. I mean, I probably remembered it back then, but now here we are doing the research and doing this podcast, and it just blows my mind. I would have never thought it was in the same era.
1: Yeah, you had uh, just two entirely different styles of wrestling going on in the same the same product.
0: It's 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 just absolutely mind blowing here, and the Rob Conway <laughs> getting hurt, uh, def- definitely a bummer for him. And that would be that would be it for Rob Conway as far as NWA heavyweight titles, and I'm actually in- intrigued to see. Because I know he hasn't worked in a couple of years. Or at least I have not seen him advertised anywhere. But see Rob Conley's most recent history from our good friends at Cage Match. So he does work still pretty strong schedule after this. All the way up until 2019. But it's not worked since 2019. His last match is uh, November 2nd, 2019 and he lost in a tag match in Madison, Indiana for Supreme Wrestling. So that was that that was the last Rob Conway there, but uh probably the last major run of Rob Conway is this NWA run ending in 2015 and do you think he's a guy that uh would have if say he came back today in independent wrestling he would have a huge independent wrestling run? Uh I
1: don't know if he'd have a huge run. I don't. I don't think he'd have a run, sort of like PCO. But I can't see him not getting bookings. Um, I definitely don't see him doing like a WWE guest spot, like a a WWE like a Raw reunion type spot. But I could see him getting out there and and getting the uh, like the AIW booking.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think he would. He would be a raw reunion type guy, but I think he might be a guy that like just I mean, look at JTG. Yeah. JTG worked a lot of super indies over the last year or so. And now he's in the NWA. Uh, you know, yeah. in the NWA power and whatnot. And
1: well, see, I am looking at more like Mordecai.
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of in, in in that and you You're know
1: it's serious work. Okay. I,
0: in I, the I'm current gonna... NWA, right? Yeah. And we're we're gonna briefly talk about it. Probably there will be a part four. (laughs) I'm looking at the notes. There's definitely going to be a part four. Uh, Part four where we finish and we talk about the current NWA. The current NWA is getting a lot of these guys that are from that era. That 05 to 12, 2011, 2012 era of WWE. You got JTGs over there. Trevor Murdoch is the champion. Mike Knox just showed up. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Like, you know, uh, Damien Sandow's there and he, he was, he was, his first run was Aaron, the idol Stevens when he was teaming up uh, in that tag team with Michelle McCool's a manager. So there's a lot of these like mid two thousands, uh, early 2010s WWE wrestlers. If Rob Conway came back and you know, of course he's a little bit older, but it's wrestling now. I mean, guys in their fifties are having five-star matches. If Rob Conway, Came back. I think the new NWA would be the perfect place for. Him.
1: Yeah. I I can definitely understand that. Plus, he's a former champion, so it, it would make sense.
0: Yeah. Rob Conway, if if you're looking to come back, we 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 would like to see you uh come back to uh come back to the world of wrestling here. All right, so yeah, so you know we talked about that Rob Conway uh uh title change here in in actually in the observer February 11, 2015, New Japan Pro Wrestling Osaka on February 11th Rob Conway and Chase Owens uh Beat Hiroshi Tenzan and Jushin Liger in 7 minutes and 53 seconds. Tharp came out with his Bruce Tharp trading card. (laughs) I I, want to work a show of Bruce Tharp now. (laughs) Conway looks like a star. Well, if the star was a Randy Savage, uh, from a look and mannerism standpoint, it's a total copy. Uh, Crowd booed Conway when he used Tenzan's Mongolian chops on him. That's easy. Conway even tried to sell like Savage. Uh, It seemed like he was being careful since he was back far too fast from an epidectomy uh tharp tripped liger at one point liger set owens for a brain buster but tharp distracted liger conway used the ego trip on liger and then on Tenzon. owens then pinned liger with a package pile driver to set up their title match in three days after the match tharp buried liger under the nwa flag <laughs> and then here it is new japan pro wrestling new beginning in sunday on february 14th and this from the february 25th observer 2015 Drusha Liger pinned Chase Owens to retain the NWA junior heavyweight title in 7 minutes and 49 seconds. Liger was on the top rope wanting to do a plancha, but Bruce Tharp jumped in front of Owens. Liger went after Tharp, which allowed Owens to get him from behind. Fans were into this one. Liger used a Frankensteiner off the top and a powerbomb. He went off the top row for a splash, but Owens got his knees up. Owens took over, including using a gut buster and a half Nelson into a backbreaker. He set up a package pile driver, but Liger up, backdropped out of it. Uh, they traded near falls until Liger pinned him with a European clutch, But Liger, uh, I'm sorry, which is a bridging cradle. This was better than the first match that these two had as Owens came across more ready for New Japan this time. After the match, Liger's champion challenged Tiger Mask. To a title match which has been announced for March 22nd in Amagasaki. Uh, Hiroshi Tenzan pinned Rob Conway in 11 minutes and 50 seconds to win the NWA heavyweight title. The match had a lot of heat, and fans were into the idea of Tenzan winning the title. Uh, even though it's a mid car position after all these years, the NWA belt is still some value to the fans here. Very Americanized, as Tenzan used a diving headbutt and an Anaconda Vice. He then held the move and picked Conway up and slammed him down with the Anaconda uh, Buster into the vice. Tharp was on the apron distracted ref Tiger Hattori. So he missed Conway tapping Kojima at ringside started yelling at for missing the tap, but as Kojima distracted Hattori, Conway hit Tenzan with a belcha, but Tenzan kicked out. Tenzan then kicked out of a spear and then the ego trip. Tenzan then used the ego trip on Conway who kicked out. The match had great heat from here. The finish saw Tenzan go to the top rope with, of- Tharp tried to stop him. Tenzon gave Tharp three headbutts and then hit the moonsault on Conway for the pin. Tharp may have broken his nose, but he suffered a broken nose because he suffered a broken nose while on the tour. <coughs> so, yeah, he pro- probably did break his nose on that. Because I, I, I don't know if Bruce Tharp was really trained. He was around the wrestling business for a long time. But not sure if he was actually train, trained, trained.
1: And uh, I do believe that match uh, Meltzer gave it three stars. Um, I do believe that match is on New Japan World. Um, I don't believe it's on YouTube or anywhere else, but that's definitely a uh, top-tier match worth checking out if you have New Japan World.
0: And it's crazy that Conway is doing this while (laughs) while, while he's hurt.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's it hasn't been that long since he, he had has surgery.
0: Uh, March 16, 2015, Observer, there were a few angles regarding the NWA heavyweight title held by Tenzan. The direction for the April 5th invasion attack looks like Tenzan versus Kojima in the Battle of Japan's most famous active tag team. On March 3rd, the two were on opposite sides in a 10-man tag match, and after it was over, Tenzan hit Kojima with a belt shot. The two had a post-match pull-apart with challenges being issued. On May, uh, March 5th, at a six-man tag, Tenzan and She went at it and teased an nwa title versus never title match in addition nakamura the ic champion has talked about wanting the nwa title so now that it's weird now that it's on a new japan talent they seem to like really focus in they're just like we don't really anything can we just keep the nwa title and not have to deal with anything else um April 20, 2015, uh, Steve Anthony uh, beat Jushin Liger on April 13th at the Gold Coast Hotel in Las Vegas to win the NWA Junior Heavyweight title. It was the second year in a row that a New Japan wrestler dropped the NWA title during the festivities of the Cauliflower Rally Club. Last year, uh, Rob Conway regained the NWA Heavyweight title during Cauliflower Rally Club week from Satoshi Kojima. Anthony won in 17 minutes via outside interference. Anthony had been working in Texas where the NWA is now headquartered. He had worked in 2009 for Pro Wrestling Noah and at that time was the head trainer of Harley Race's wrestling school. This led to an April 29th show in Kumamoto, where Anthony gives Liger a rematch and Hiroshi Tenzan will defend the NWA heavyweight title against Big Daddy Yum Yum. And then May 14, 2015 a New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling show on April 29th in uh, in Kumamoto, uh, Hiroshi Tenzan retained the NWA title beating Big Daddy Yum Yum via submission in 10 minutes and 57 seconds with the anaconda vice apparently not pretty. So, Tenzon having a pretty good run here and uh we're going to talk about the end of the Tenzon run when we actually do part 4. Is This is probably where we're going to end it here as far as the tag titles at this point and what's going on with them. They're uh, they're most primarily now uh, in the United States with the Killer elite squad uh, holding it until uh, you know about late uh, 2015 which we will get into later in the show there but the uh, the release well so it's, they're kind of doing it back and forth but then after they lose it it becomes primarily a title defended in the states and not in New Japan
1: yeah mostly NWA bid south <laughs> at that point uh, going up going in between uh, teams like the Heat Seekers um, Matt Riviera and Rob Conway uh, just both teams just trading it back and forth for several years.
0: So yeah, so um, so we've uh, we had we've had this relationship here, and by the way, I don't really think Liger, and I don't know, I didn't look at the future notes here because I like to be surprised. I don't think Liger and Tharp have a real blow off, do they?
1: Uh, I guess we'll see.
0: No, I guess no. we'll see. Uh, um, they're definitely drawing it out, that's for sure. Uh, I, I, but yeah, so. I,
1: I put the notes together like four months ago, so I don't remember off the top of my head. But I know like they were running with that, and but yeah, we'll, we'll see when we go through the notes.
0: So this Bruce Startup run starts with some questionable decisions, with the seven levels of hate, uh, you know, not resulting in the NWA champion, making it vacated, getting rid of affiliates and Marquez, and uh, wanting to go over internet over television. And everything, but the New Japan relationship really definitely, I think, probably kept the NWA prominent. If he doesn't have this New Japan deal, I don't know what where it would have been for Corgan to buy, which we're gonna talk about in part four. So probably a great thing to happen uh is this relationship. And like I told you guys, I'm still mind blown. This is in that same, in the same in the ball club era. Absolutely mind blown. You know, so all right. With with that, uh any final thoughts, uh the, what of the part three that we've talked about here, the NWA title and the NWA business from two thousand
1: seven to two thousand seventeen? Uh no, uh not really. Uh, a lot of uh a lot of Japanese news and notes coming here Japanese heavy show here, but that's just seems to be what happened with the NWA and that's where their focus was and uh yeah, like you said, it. I think it kept him afloat. I agree with you on that.
0: All right. So uh, with that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening and supporting us. You know, just getting here us talk and read Observers and, and uh, Figure Four weeklies and, and give our opinions and experiences. Uh, we Really want to thank the support. Uh, we usually have 13,000 plus listeners every month. We really, we, we were just mind blown by that. But uh, if you could tell your friends, about us anybody who likes independent wrestling say hey, check these guys out uh you know we we'd love to have a, even a larger listener base and be able to you know uh have more feedback and and, and just you know more people want to support independent wrestling you really know the history behind it so make sure to you know listen to us whether it's google podcast spotify podcast, pockets but like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if, if you're really think, inclined to. That uh, that stuff helps. And then if you actually have a small business, you've heard some sponsors before here, if you have a business and you're looking to advertise, we're absolutely open. We're very reasonable with advertising rates. Shoot us a message. You know, we'd love to have you involved. Uh, at the end of the day, Independent Wrestling is a community, and we're trying to really just teach about what laid the uh, groundwork of what we have now. Through this podcast um so once again social media you can find me chris gullo on twitter instagram and facebook uh, my upcoming schedule uh november 6th i myself and uh jonathan Ash will actually be in binghamton for end uh, for <laughs> for XA wrestling uh one will fall uh which features matt cardona versus sean carr also, the Excite Heavyweight title, Colby Carino uh, gets a shot at the title, uh, as well as Anthony Green against the champion, big-time Bill Collier. Uh, there's going to be a cage match tag team with uh, K. Lothbrook and, and G. Raver versus H.C. Loke and Masada. Uh, so there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, a lot of good stuff going on that show. That's Excite Wrestling. Check them out. And then uh, if our next episode doesn't hit, doesn't come out before, but it probably should, but if it doesn't, uh, Empire State Wrestling Wrestle Bash. We have a huge uh, show this year for Wrestle Bash. That's November 27th. Uh, they'll be in Niagara Falls, New York, and uh, we've already seen the Drama King uh, Matt Revolt uh, be announced. Uh, the main event's going to be Daniel Garcia defending his ESW uh, Heavyweight against Kevin Blackwood, and much more. And, and, and there's much more that's going to be at the show to be announced, but I don't want to give it all away in this podcast check out esw social media for that yeah uh, and that you show plug, will be ash?
1: on uh, that show will be on iwtv and all the on demands. uh short shortly after the show within 72 hours if i if i have the free time to get it out there
0: no anything else you want to plug ash i know you're around you're around you world traveler nowadays
1: um i i need a break um yeah, i we've mentioned it before. I've uh, been working with Go Professional Wrestling, GoPro Wrestling, the uh production team that handles game changer wrestling, uh Wrestle Pro, uh Blitzkrieg, um, Northeast Wrestling, pretty much any top indie in the Northeast, we've have a hand in it somehow. Um so I've been helping out with a lot of those feds. I'm on the B team. So if they're double booked, I pick up the scraps, basically. Uh, I've been helping out at some game changer shows recently. I have, um, going to help out at hybrid wrestling on November 5th. Uh, might have something going on, uh, second week in November. I can't really say yet. Cause I don't think it's announced yet, but, uh, yeah, I've got some production work I'm doing there, uh, out towards the Midwest. So, just stay tuned to social media, and I follow me on Instagram because I always post pictures. Uh, looking for clout on there. At uh, Instagram is uh, rough ash, R E F A S H E. Same for Twitter. Uh, don't friend me on Facebook. I don't really accept uh, strangers on there. But just follow me on Twitter and Instagram. On there and uh, follow my wrestling excavates.
0: You'll have to change those Twitter and Instagram handles to producer Ash.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. go, GoPro's been on me constantly. It's God's... changed to, to Ash GPW. <laughs> um, they 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 were they were on me again today about it. I I eventually will. I just it, it's I've had it for ten years, and I like I hate doing that because then. Anyone that tagged me or not not tag, anyone that like added me in a tweet, it breaks the link, and I my that would bother bother my OCD.
0: <laughs> Plus, All I right, never retired.
1: Uh, it, I never retired as a referee.
0: That's <laughs> true. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I you, think my you last didn't even ref the last T C W shows or comeback shows. You did the production. So
1: no, it, it and it was brought it was brought up. Uh, <laughs> I was I was told I'm taking a bump, and I'm like, no, I'm not.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think my last ref show was St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada for Smash. Uh, a bustling community. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, There's a subway and <laughs> that doesn't have provolone. You can't get provolone for some reason in subways in Canada. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for reminding me. Uh, 2CW, we did our big union show. Uh, 2CW was a big time, uh, pretty big fed up in central New York from two 2000- thousand. 6 2015 we did a uh, double shot reunion show in Binghamton and Syracuse New York a few weeks ago uh September 30th and October 1st one show's live one show's live to tape one show's live streamed they're both available right now at uh 2cws youtube page which we found at the number 2 2cwlive.com that goes right to the youtube page both are on there i I produce directed edited those shows. So, uh, check them out. Give us feedback. Um, a lot of surprises on there. Uh, the dark order work negative one made an appearance that kind of went viral. So yeah, check it out there. I know, uh, the great Chris Scullo, uh, made an appearance there in the crowd.
0: (laughs) I, I was not on the show. I was hanging out. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, great stuff there, and we people ask this all the time, do a 2CW episode, maybe eventually, but you thought XPW was a lot of parts, the NWA was a lot of parts, The, the fact all the knowledge you have, Ash, we're,
1: oh, we're talking, would be, we're talking for, yeah.
0: 8, 9-parter 2CW.
1: Oh, it, th- there's so much parts, <laughs> like how much of an asshole Bubba Ray Dudley is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would be a part by itself.
0: Those are the opinions of Jonathan Ash, not of Chris Gallup.
1: I you think know, it's a lot of
0: busted open nation. Listen to us. <laughs> so, I
1: I, <laughs> I, 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 I think Bubba would admit that he, <laughs> that he can right. like, I'm not saying anything out of line there.
0: Um. Also, if you want, to, if you're having got enough of my voice, I'm also on WrestleNomics every uh, Sunday. Uh, well, we release Monday, but we record every Sunday. Yeah, usually around we release every either Sunday night or Monday, uh, where me and Brandon Thurston break down the. Uh, business of professional wrestling you can check out Nomics on instagram facebook and twitter and check out brandon thurston on twitter he's always putting up graphs and charts and, and breaking ratings news before anybody else uh in the world of professional wrestling and then uh just real quick to our listeners if you're fairly new to the show or you came post xpw episodes <laughs> Go back and listen to the XPW episodes. We've had a lot of people digging back into the archive this month because of the Dark Side of the Ring, uh, and we did multiple parts on XPW. And really, the, now I will say this: the Dark Side of the Ring episode, I didn't know about the apparition. We didn't bring that up. <laughs> the apparition of Messiah. I would have loved to talk about that, but we co- we did cover most of the stuff that was in the episode in, in, in a lot more detail. And um, so, check we it out on uh, our previous episodes. Uh, Yeah, we
1: went 10 hours on there
0: yeah (laughs) for for xpw other than that um you know uh hope you all have a very safe halloween and then uh, if we somehow don't record before they have a happy thanksgiving um for jonathan ash i'm chris gell thank you keep supporting independent wrestling and keep supporting rediscovering the indies